Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intelligence, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Today we have a special show for you, something a little different. I was uh, fortunate enough recently to be invited as a designated attendee and media partner with the Commercial Division of the National Association of Realtors uh, Annual Conference and Expo. This was a huge event. This is their annual event down in Orlando. Fantastic event with lots of great information and valuable networking. If you're a commercial realtor, I recommend attending this next year. It's fun. It's uh, great. It's very informative. And it'll be fun. It will be in Chicago. Well, NER invited the entire show down there, and we were interviewing the speakers. Now, you can watch these interviews at the show website, CREshow.com. Well, today we're going to share a best of these interviews. The first one should be interesting to anyone who runs a business or is involved in commercial real estate in any way. Enjoy. Hello, Michael Bull here with the Commercial Real Estate Show. We're at the 2016 National Association of Realtors Conference in Orlando with Scott Moldave, and he is the chair of Counselors of Real Estate, CRE, which is an affiliate of the um, board here, National Association of Realtors. And, and Scott, one of the things that corporate clients these days are concerned about is, is productivity of the health of their environment. So, so what's, what's going on there? How, how important is this? Uh, this has become uh, a big issue. I've worked in uh, the sustainability field now for about 10 years, looking at the financial performance of sustainability. And I wrote a book about that I published five years ago called Value Beyond Energy Cost Savings, how to underwrite sustainable properties. And what I learned from all that work is that health and productivity is really the, the, the fundamental value foundation of sustainability. So just in the last year or two, there's a company called Delos, which has created something called the Well-Building Standard. This Well-Building Standard has exploded into the occupier market. It's in 24 countries, 70 million square feet, and really being taken notice by many of the major occupants. Yeah, and what is the Well-Building Standard? How do you get that standard? Because I would think anybody that's running a company, it wants his employees to be healthy, happy, and productive. Right, so just for uh, uh, disclosure purposes, I'm a senior advisor to Dallas and the Well Building Standard. But the Well Building Standard is actually uh, administered by a, a public benefit company called the International Well Building Institute. And so if you want to get this Well Building Standard, let's say you're an office building, you're a, a corporation that wants it for their employees or an investor that wants it, you can actually go, you can look on the International Well Building Institute uh, and it's very similar to the LEED standard for sustainability and that you go, there's a hundred different uh, criteria, things, uh, the interventions that you can do to a building. They cover air, water, light, comfort, fitness, and mind. So there's these seven categories and you can go and get these uh, tested and uh, put it into your building. Yeah, I would think it's going to be very important, to, especially the, the larger companies, that uh, because the corporate world is really, they're really stressed to get more profits out of less people and put people into more space. So as you're putting more people in less space, you got to be concerned about health and, uh, and their productivity. Uh, and absolutely, and so one of the, a good example of this is uh, CBRE's headquarters in Los Angeles a couple of years ago was the first building to be certified 
as a well building. One of the reasons they were really interested in doing it is that when you go to a more mobile office, which many companies are, they were worried that people that were sick were going to carry the sickness from one person to the other. As some of the new technology allows you to actually go in with a UV and actually with certain kinds of surfaces, you can actually clean germs by um, that would, would accumulate. It's one of the 100 interventions that you can do to make buildings healthier. Well, I'm a bit of a germaphobe, so I would love that. So <laughs> when, when you're in these buildings, do you get a sense, does, it, does the air feel better? Or the, it, you know, is the lighting better? Do you just feel better when you're in this type of space? Uh, absolutely, particularly related to lighting things. You have lighting, you have day lighting, you have other kinds of lighting. Uh, a lot of research in the last 12 years on circadian lighting. Circadian lighting is a kind of light that in the morning, if you have uh, circadian lighting, it actually produces cortisone, increases your energy. And in the evening, it, uh, if you have your lighting is circadian, uh, like from the sun, it actually produces melatonin and helps you go to sleep. So the technology now, you can actually get LED lights that are sensitive and actually can produce both the, the number of lumens and the angle that can produce this healthy benefit. So that's something that's really taking a lot of companies uh, getting a lot of their interest. Yeah, and that's great technology, but it seems like in the, the past recession we had, people were less concerned about sustainability, more concerned about money. But some of the cost of these things have come down, so there's really value there, right? Uh, absolutely a lot of value. So if you think about uh, productivity, right? So the, the, the primary values for an occupant would be productivity increases, reduced absenteeism, you'd also have re recruiting and retention advantages and then health cost savings. So you can actually go and take a look at it. And there are um, maybe 150 studies that look at individual things like underfloor air, air ventilation affects respiratory or asthma, which then affects productivity, daylighting that affects productivity, nourishment, uh, standing desk, you know, standing is the new smoking. Some really interesting studies. CO2, one of the most important new studies, just recently in June of 2016, uh, looks at the effect of carbon dioxide on white collar worker cognition. And this is just blown away the corporate world because now there are real evidence that if you actually can reduce the carbon dioxide and, can, and manage, manage it, you can actually increase the cognition and thus the productivity of your workers. And so productivity, so all of these studies, they range individually from one to maybe 20% increases in productivity. So when you do the well building standard or other kinds of well interventions and you put them all together, if you just have a 1% increase in productivity, it produces a nearly four or 500% return on investment. So the value of productivity is just dominant in occupiers. Yeah, and it really makes sense for a corporate user, I would expect that, especially if they own their own building or they're really involved in the, in the build out, but what about for investors who own buildings with multiple tenants in it, or are they going to adopt some of this as well? Yeah, so again, the, the, the most powerful thing for an occupant is on average they spend about $700 per year on per person per year for wellness, not accounting all they spend on health. So for $100 to $200 per year one time on the well building standards, you can create all of these benefits that, uh, that, that are very, very cost effective. And so there's all kinds of evidence that occupants, so if you're an investor, your job, you want to be in partnership with your occupants. If your occupants think it's important, 
seven of the top 10 tech companies, seven of the top 10 banks in the world, tons of servicing firms, they're already investing in this well-building standard. 95% of companies in the next five years will be doing this wellness stuff. So the well-building standard, what you can actually do in a building as a foundation for your wellness programs, the human resource, whenever I go out and talk about this stuff with corporate real estate people, I always tell them, what you want to do is bring your HR person, they, they get this and investors get it because if, you're, if your occupants care, very small changes in occupancies, rents, or tenant retentions uh, can increase your value significantly. The risk of not doing it or of losing a tenant can be huge and so that's really the, the value. Yeah, well that makes sense because I think sometimes tenants, corporate users are looking at, well it's going to cost me another two or three dollars a foot, but with that increased productivity, it was, it was free. Yeah, even if you're a kind of a non-believer, yeah. if you think about energy costs are being 1% of a corporation's budget, salaries are maybe 90%, rents are maybe 9%. So if I'm doing something that deals with the health of individuals, so that's what the well-building standard or with this wellness stuff, it affects occupants, whereas the lead affects uh, environmental performance. Mm -hmm. I'm dealing with 90% of the value of what my occupants care about. It's very powerful. That makes sense. Well, Scott, thanks for joining us today. All right, thank you very much. Well, that was great information from Scott at the NER conference in Orlando. Well, it certainly pays to go green today, and there are a lot of cost-saving aspects of going green that can be done with limited people and limited resources, even finance, so it really doesn't cost you anything in your buildings. Another thing that's important today is wellness at your place of business, and to look at ways you can adjust your environment at your office to promote wellness with your folks, and in your buildings if you own real estate. We'll put a link uh, below to a show I did on how real estate decisions impact your business. And uh, so just visit CREshow.com and you'll see that show. Well, stay with us. We'll take a short break. When we get back, we're going to talk to Chad Curry about some commercial real estate technology that you do want to know about. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're sharing a best of our interviews from the National Association of Realtors Annual Conference and Expo in Orlando. These interviews are from the convention floor. Next up, we'll talk about some technology you do want to know about. It looks like the future is now. We've hooked up here with Chad Curry. He's hey. with CRT, Center for Realtor Technology. And you guys are working on some great technology Thanks. that's going to help people in commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Tell us yeah. about it. Yeah, so um, there's a lot of sensing technology that can help us have uh, more effective buildings. Uh, and I mean better energy efficiency. You know, we've got these BAS systems that sometimes aren't that smart or old. And there are companies that have tapped into those to make them more effective. Uh, an example is a company called Comfy from Building Robotics. The, the app itself, Comfy app, occupants of the building 
could, you know, say if they're too hot, hit the cooling button and a little blast of cold air would come down and get them to feel more comfortable in the building, saving energy and making it easier to keep the the, uh, the occupants uh, more, more like per uh, happy. Office. Absolutely right, yeah. yeah. Uh, per office or in a cube farm or what have you. Um, and also uh, understanding how people are utilizing the space is really important. Um, so there's companies like Density.io uh, who have a sensor that goes over a door to tell you how, how many people come in, how many people go out, give you a good sense of numbers in a certain space and, uh, and how that space is being utilized. Um, but there's also, you know, one of the things I'm really looking for, and if anybody out there is doing this, are, are companies using beaconing technology. Essentially, uh, it's, a, it's a device that plays Marco Polo with your phone, right? The, the device says Marco, your phone says Polo, it knows approximately where you are. Uh, that, to me, is really big in commercial real estate, it should be, because it means uh, office efficiency, it means uh, security and, and, and uh, helping emergency services better understand where people are in a building during emergency. I think those things could really add value because uh, you know, the occupants and tenants are, are willing to pay for technology and those types of technology are things that are nice value adds beyond uh, the transaction. Absolutely. Yeah, and there's a lot of safety there and cost yeah. savings. So what are some of the things that are, you guys are working on that can uh, help us save money? I mean, we have paid utilities on these big office buildings. You know, they really can be expensive. Yeah, so we are working on our own uh, environmental quality sensor. Uh, and what I mean by that is it's sensing air quality. Uh, it's looking for carbon dioxide levels, carbon monoxide, nitrous dioxide, VOCs, uh, volatile green compounds. It's also doing air uh, temperature, humidity, uh, light, and sound. So those things can help you understand uh, where you need more uh, cooling or heating, uh, but also uh, if the airflow is actually appropriate, and help you do things like predictive maintenance, right? That's the idea, is we want this to tie into a system to help with, uh, to see if your HVAC system is going to need to be repaired sometime <coughs> in the near future. So that's one. Now, other things that are, being, that are coming on the market are, are, are batteries, uh, uh, batteries for the building. So Tesla has a power wall for residential, but they also have these towers, they call them power wall for some reason, I'm not sure what, they should call them power towers, that rhymes, that's much better, but those are, those are for commercial buildings and uh, they're meant to be either for as backups or to to supplement when uh, prices go up um, but using things to help you understand where people are that's going to help you save a ton of money but also open up other opportunities maybe you open up that extra space for a co-working uh, uh, co-working space and, and have another source of income for your for your business right and one of the things that companies are real concerned about now is productivity and, and clean air yep. and how do some of these systems help with that? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a new standard coming online called the well standard. Now, one of the requirements there are for charcoal air filters uh, to, to purify the air. And if you come to Chicago, our uh, IRAM, uh, their fifth floor, they've actually, they're well certified now. And uh, and they're one of the first in the, in the country, by the way, which is pretty awesome. Their air, when you go on that floor, I'm not kidding you, it, it feels like the freshest air you've ever breathed. Um, but uh, to supplement that, if you can't afford that right now, and when we work on that, there's something called, uh, NASA did a study of uh, plants that could help filter the air and make pure air. And uh, it's a very inexpensive way to actually remove things like formaldehyde, benzene, uh, xylene, ammonia, things that come from the furniture and carpets that we put in our buildings. Um, and uh, it's, it's a very inexpensive way to make pure air for you and actually help your, your employees be more productive. And along with that, with the well standard, light. Light is really important. And so having a certain spectrum of light and a certain wavelength of light. Uh, there's a company called Lighting Science which makes uh, uh, fluorescent replacements uh, that are LED lights that produce the right wavelength of light for productivity and for focus. And it feels like, it actually feels like 
like you're looking at sunlight when you look at your desk. It's not too bright. It's really wonderful. I have them in my office. They gave me some to test out, and I've been very happy with those uh, those devices. Yeah. And a lot of this seems like the cost was prohibitive in yeah. the past, but the cost is really coming down, isn't it? Well, so what's great about lighting science is their, their uh, fluorescent replacements uh, are nearly the same price. I mean, they're not much difference in price. Mm -hmm. And in and, and what you'll see in energy savings, because they're LED, uh, is, is pretty great as well. So yeah, uh, yeah, these sensors are coming down in price. The density that I talked about goes for about 50 bucks and they give you the hardware for that. And it's you're paying for the software to understand how people are moving. So yeah, it's coming and, down in price. And what about the HVAC systems? If it's going to adjust for per room and it's going to pick up what these sensors are telling you and tell them maybe we need more fresh air in our conference room, and, and will they interact with the HVAC systems of yesterday? Day or that technology changing? Yeah, so the, what, what Building Robotics is doing is using the HVAC that's in place. And they may, they and I don't have enough specifics to say, but they may have like a limit maybe five years old or 10 years old. Uh, right now at NER, we're working on our uh, BAS system, which is 20 years old because we were going to you know, change buildings, but that didn't happen. So now we're looking at new systems on the market and what we can bring, and uh, and we're, we're, we're evaluating for that. So Comfy's not going to be an option for us, but for other people it could be. But we'll look at what you know Honeywell has and other, other manufacturers have as far as that. Well, that was some great information from Chad Curry. Appreciate him joining us at the conference. Well, is there a competitor to LoopNet? You bet there is, and it is growing fast. Enjoy. I have David O'Reilly. He's with Excelligent here, and he's also with Commercial Search. What is new with Commercial Search? And first of all, in case people don't know, and they should at this point, what is Commercial Search? Thank you. So Commercial Search is our national marketplace where brokers can promote their lease and sale listings out to tenants and investors and other brokers. We're growing the listing content rapidly. We've got over half a million listings currently in the system. And now we're also making a big focus on how to drive those leads back to brokers. And so anyone can go for free and go to Commercial Search right now and look for properties pretty much all over the country? Correct. So we've made a big push to get F SEO so that people can Google and find an exact address or property that we're listing. But there is no charge to put a listing in so you can easily go and post that listing. We'll be coming out with some new features to allow you to, to enhance that listing and have it even more easy to find. We're also coming out with a new website integration. So as you put your listings in, if you want to flow them through to your company website, you'll be able to see them there as well. And all those analytics will be rolled back in so you can see how many hits and leads and other activity that you're getting on those properties. That's great. Is there a feature where I can tell the commercial search website that, hey, just tell me about office buildings over $5 million and it'll just send me those? Yeah, so we have all sorts of robust filtering built in where you can look by property type, by lease type, price range, lease rates. And then you can set up alerts and favorites, so as new listings get added to the system every day, you can instantly know about that new listing being added. Yeah, I like that, because in some markets, especially the larger markets, brokers and, and investors will specialize in one property type, so you can go ahead and set that up and just get an automated email, and you'll know when something new hits to the site. Yeah. yeah, exactly, especially as time to market is so critical that you want to know about something the minute it comes out and not have to go back to the site and search over and over for it. Right. And so how big is commercial search and, and how powerful is it today? Yeah, it's the second biggest public marketplace for listings. So we're getting, again, great traffic and we're finding more creative ways to grow out the content in areas that are a little bit lacking right now. What surprises people when they look at commercial search and maybe they didn't know about it before or they haven't seen some of the latest features? What might surprise the viewers and listeners out there to know about it? Yeah, so one of the things we want to make sure to do is integrate in with other great workflow products. 
So we have all sorts of ways, if you're using different products like Buildout or ListHub, that your listings will automatically just show up in commercial search. And now we're also doing a lot on the output side or marketing, so we're integrating with things like ClientLook and RailYard and even Realer.com so that we can make sure to help show your listings in other sites or send those leads to different CRMs or other types of applications that might make sense for commercial real estate. Well, thank you, David, for that update on commercial search. Be sure to check it out. Well, today we're sharing a best of from the NAR conference in Orlando. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. We'll be right back. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Can the National Association of Realtors help you if you are a commercial realtor? Check this out. Ran into Alex Rosieri, and Alex, you have been to a lot of these uh, National Association of Realtors conferences over the years. Uh, why do you come, and why should commercial real estate people think about coming to this conference and belonging and being involved with NAR? You know, that's a great question. Yeah. I, I just uh, did a blog on why I why I uh, come because uh, I do think it's so important. Uh, I believe firmly that it's well worth the time, the resources, and the money that I spend to come here for a lot of reasons. Uh, primarily, uh, where else are you going to find all of the leadership all in one place and extremely accessible? And I'm talking about your local leadership, your regional leadership, and your national leadership. And you literally can walk up and talk to them and, and create a conversation. Uh, so that's a, that's a big plus, to be able to have access to those people. The other thing is, uh, all of the people that I've met over the years, it takes a little bit of time, but what ends up happening is, I end up making uh, business transactions from referrals from people that, well, like you yourself are in Atlanta, or maybe uh, I make a contact in uh, San Jose, California, and these are places that maybe I wouldn't have uh, anybody I could uh, work with, but suddenly something comes up and I say, oh, I know so-and-so in Atlanta, I'll give him a call and, and refer it to him because I know he'll do a good job. And I was telling you, I travel all over the country and, I, and whenever anyone says they're from Atlanta, I say, do you know Michael Bull? And they yeah. go, yeah. So I know I can with confidence send referrals to people and they're going to be treated right because it's a, 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 a real professional person uh, who takes the time, the money, and the resources to be here. Beyond that, uh, there are incredible opportunities to learn uh, about what's going on in the industry, uh, important trends that are happening that you need to be aware of that maybe you wouldn't if you just stayed home behind the desk. And then you can go back and you can share that with your constituency, your clients and customers, and they're gonna say, wow, you know, this guy's connected, he's been to these committee meetings, he knows what's happening, uh, he gave us the brief on the latest, whatever, legislative thing, and uh, all of those things create a value uh, for you and raise your profile with uh, the folks back home. Yeah, and, and there, there's a lot of good classes here. You know, we're in the co commercial marketplace here at NAR, and there's a lot of courses going on here and in some of the main rooms, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we just came from a uh, the Commercial Leadership Forum, which is a committee that I'm going to chair, uh, 2017. Uh, but the outgoing president was there, and they made a presentation on uh, the commercial research uh, lab they have for real estate and all of the technologies that are coming out of that. It's just amazing. It's smart building technologies, solar technologies, environmental technologies. And these are things, you know, that we say, you know, people say, uh, oh, well, that's all in the future. We don't have to worry. Yeah, you do. And your sellers uh, need to know that if they have buildings, you know, people are, are, are reacting to sick building syndrome and things like that. We need to know these issues. And we've got our NAR spending literally millions of dollars creating uh, research to help us understand those trends. It's really yeah. great stuff. And the National Association of Realtors, I think most people think of, of residential, but the association, is doing, the association is doing a lot for commercial practitioners now, aren't they? Yeah, and uh, I've been in uh, re real estate for 40 years. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been doing uh, commercial really for about 25, uh, and really heavy the last 20 years, that's all I've done is commercial. And I used to kind of feel like a little bit like the redheaded stepchild at yeah. NAR, you know, yeah. because everything's so geared to uh, uh, residential. Uh, and now we're here in the commercial hall, and there are all kinds of vendors and booths in this space. And I remember when there was none, no commercial hall. And then I remember the first one was like a couch and two boots, <laughs> you know? And now we have this huge commercial hall, we got the learning center, we have all this stuff going on. And that's just indicative of the kinds of things they're doing. Uh, they're coming out with uh, tools that are member exclusive tools, free to the members, but only for members. One thing I was really uh, uh, impressed with is RPR. They've been working on that for a lot of that's a years. That's a great tool. Yeah, and uh, primarily it's been uh, developed for residential, but now they have a, 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 a commercial portal that we can use, and they've created an app. You can do it on your phone. So you switch it to commercial, you put in an address, Anywhere you're holding your device, if you're connected to the network, you can get tons of data on that property you're standing in front of right there while you're with your customer, or you can use it to create uh, a database of properties that you want to target. Say you want to do uh, multifamily in this quadrant, you can go get the data, boom, 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 and start tracking those people, sending them uh, valuable information, and building relationships with them in ways that are so much easier than it used to be when you have to go down the courthouse or the title company and kind of go through that line by line. Yeah, I mean, that's a great tool. Some of my brokers are really enjoy the RPR. And if you're an association member, it's included. There's no yep. extra cost for that, right? That's yeah, free and yeah. it's very uh, high powered and there's some other things that they're working on that are also available for members that are free and they intend to, to make keep it free and make those things part of the member benefits for commercial. Well, great, Alex, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. Always enjoy our time together. Stay with us, we'll have more from the NAR conference in Orlando. Are you in commercial real estate brokers? Check out Apto. Created by and for commercial real estate brokers, Apto is the leading web-based platform for managing relationships, properties, listings, deals, and back office. Visit apto.com slash CRE show. Commercial real estate owners defer thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of tax dollars through cost segregation. I recommend Ernst & Morris. Call 1-800-COST-SEG or visit costseg.com.
Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're sharing a best of our interviews at the National Association of Realtors Conference in Orlando. These were done on the conference floor. Well, let me ask you this. Should you be concerned about the fate of the 1031 exchange? Well, you bet you should. It's valuable to the economy and everyone associated with real estate. Hello, Michael Bull here. We're here at the National Association of Realtors Conference in Orlando with Dan Wagner, and he is very helpful with the National Association of Realtors. I've seen what's going on with the 1031 exchange. We've got new president in town. What's going to happen with the 1031? What should we be thinking about, Dan? Well, thank you for uh, so much, Michael. This is such an important topic. It really looks like the, uh, tax reform is going to be the main uh, main thing that's going to be happening in Washington uh, this spring, and it's a big deal for all realtors, commercial, residential, anybody involved with land. We have to make sure to protect this incredible tax uh, provision that's been in our tax code since 1920. The like-kind exchange, a 1031 like-kind exchange, has been a part of our tax code. It's the very blood and sinew that keeps our economy going along strong. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. We do a lot of 1031s in our market, and I think selling investment properties in the commercial real estate world, but like you said, there's a lot of investors doing single-tenant, uh, they're doing yes. not single-tenant net lease properties, yes, we're doing a lot of that with 1031s, but also with single-family homes, so it's important to the economy as well, right? If we stop that kind of commerce, what's going to happen to the economy? Well, that's exactly right. The National Association of Realtors did a study that showed about 40% of all commercial real estate deals are done with 1031s. And they also helped pay for uh, an Ernst Young study that evaluated the velocity of what the 1031 means to our economy. It is uh, very broad reaching. You have all the different people who are making money when you have a, a, a property sell. And properties won't sell if you don't have 1031. So you have the, the lawyers that are doing work. You have the brokers getting their, uh, their commission. We always, when we buy buildings, we remodel them all the time. So you have all the uh, tradespeople that are working. And then the, the local communities get their transfer taxes as well. And that's, there's, there's so many aspects of a 1031. It's, we have to make sure to keep it. The people need to understand a 1031, it's not not paying taxes, it's just deferring taxes. It's kind of like a 401k. 401k, you put your money and invest it in mutual funds and it grows and then when you retire, you take it out and then you pay the tax. In a sense, that's what a 1031 is. You're able to grow, uh, you're able to grow this uh, amount through real estate, through managing real estate, and then when you do retire and decide to, to get out of that, that's when you pay your taxes. So it's it's definitely not avoiding taxes, it's just deferring it to grow. And everybody understands the concept of a 401k, this is exactly what it is. A 1031 like-kind exchange is so important also for our conservationists. You wouldn't have the land that's been set aside for future generations if farmers weren't able to do 1031 exchanges to be able to sell it to the conservation community. And out west, it's a it's a really big deal, but all across America, 1031 is a major deal. Well, Dan, it seems like 1031 exchange seems to be a topic that maybe it's on the chopping block. It does seem real important to the economy to have all that velocity of transactions going on and, and all the people you mentioned being involved. And also, you know, the uh, due diligence, right? The surveyors and the appraisers and the banks and the lenders that are doing these deals. I mean, it could be devastating on the economy. So we hear it's on the chopping block a good bit, but is there something different now? Might, might it be more, is there a bigger chance we might lose it? Well, the, the issue is, is that when, uh, when some of our politicians look at real estate, they see us as a piggy bank and they see the 1031 as a way to pay for other things. And if it's, that's, if it's to reduce taxes, then they'll use that money uh, to pay for, you know, to reduce the taxes or there might be a program they want. 
unfortunately, the idea of a 1031 is not necessarily broadly understood by our congressmen. And it behooves all of us who are in the real estate community Everybody has to get out and talk to their uh, their local congressman, their congresswoman, make sure their senator knows exactly what this is because a lot of the staff in Washington are very young and they might not be aware of this, this concept, this real estate concept. And with RPAC, with the National Association, we have just the gold standard of how to work with our elected officials. Last May, we had 10,000 realtors walking Capitol Hill to promote this 1031 Lycan Exchange to educate. And so we're, we are making a dent with education, but we still have a long way to go. I, I urge everybody, if you don't know your congressman, make sure you go and meet with them and explain to them exactly why this is so important to our economy, because it will just, it'll be throwing a wrench into our economy as, as we're trying to get things going in America. Right, so if you're a business person of any kind, a realtor, you're a principal, or just a business person in general, this could be devastating. So what is the easy button? What's the easiest way through NAR to make a difference? Well, probably the best thing to do is, is you look at our RPAC, uh, RPAC website. It has all the connections that you possibly need to be able to know who your congressman, in, your congressman is. You type in your, your zip code, it'll exactly tell you the phone number and how to get a hold of them, and then you're able to do it. But the, on, the, on our uh, Realtor Action website, you have all the details about the 1031, because it's not necessarily, uh, if you don't know about it, you, you, you might need to read the white paper on it. Right. We have all the background information you could want to have. And of course, if you're a realtor, we always want everybody to uh, participate in our RPAC. All right, Dan, what is the website? Uh, the, the realtor.com, and then right. that is able to get you through the process. Great, Dan, thanks for joining us. Have a good convention. Thanks so much, it's good to be with you, Michael, always. Thanks. Great information from Dan. Look, tell your politicians how important the 1031 exchange is. We have helped so many clients with the 1031 exchange uh, build wealth, create cash flow, and it helps everyone involved in the industry. We'll stay tuned. We'll have more from the National Association of Realtors Annual Conference and Expo in Orlando. Stay with us. Would you like to shake hands with commercial real estate decision makers? Well, look for the tab Upcoming Conferences at the website InterfaceConferenceGroup.com. That's InterfaceConferenceGroup.com. Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're sharing a best of our interviews at the National Association of Realtors Conference and Expo in Orlando. Now here's a saying that I like, under all is the land. <laughs> Another one I like, they're not making any more of it when <laughs> they're talking about land, right? Well, NAR has a special group of professionals involved in land, and I thought you'd want to know more about it. Enjoy. Hello, Michael Bull here with the National Association of Realtors Conference in Orlando for 2016. We ran into Aubrey Cabernas. She's with the Realtors Land Institute. Now, if you haven't heard of Realtors Land Institute, let's change that. It's an important thing to know about with NAR. So tell us, what do we need to know about Realtors Land Institute? Well, thank you. Um, Realtors Land Institute is a, a society of the National, Institute, uh, National Association of Realtors. We are an organization for realtors that specialize in land sales. 
So we have about 1,250 members across the country. Uh, we are one of the oldest affiliates of NAR, but um, we're, we're working to raise the awareness of our organization within NAR. Okay, and what does it do for members? Well, we give our members the knowledge, the networking, everything they need to be specialists in land. So you know, we have, NAR has 1.2 million members, but so many of them are residential or they're commercial, they don't deal with raw land. And the way you sell raw land or the way you value raw land is very different from when the way you value a residential home or a, a, property, a commercial property. Yeah, I think that's so true. And, and people are asking me about what specialty or what sector to get into. And sometimes when they talk about land, I say, well, you've picked the really the most sophisticated, the one that's <laughs> hardest to work in because it's a blank canvas, right? Yes, yes. And, and you got and you have residential realtors and commercial realtors doing land. Yes, yes, we do. And unfortunately, if you start trying to sell land and you don't really understand, you can get yourself or your, your client in a lot of trouble. Uh, we, had, we had a horror story of an agent that, you know, somebody came and brought them a listing. Great, I'll do it. It's land. That can't be too hard. Well, they got sued by their client because they didn't know about 1031 exchanges. Their clients lost about $60,000 in potential profit, and they sued their agent, and their agent had to pay it. So if you don't know how to sell land, refer them to a land consultant. We've got 1,250 across the country. And what do you, can you learn about selling land through the Institute? Well, we have a designation program called the Accredited Land Consultant. It's 104 hours of education. We have three core courses for that. One is um, Land 101, Land Institute, or Land Investment Analysis, and 1031 Tax Exchange. So those, that's our core, and then we have a lot of, of electives that you can take. So anything you want to know about land, we're the place to come to. That's great. Now, can you take these classes online, or is it all in person? We have both. So <laughs> however you want to do it, we have uh, in-person courses all across the country. Our chapters host those for us. We have some... Um, partnerships with corporate agencies where you know the, the brokerage will provide the classes. And then we also have online courses, we have hybrid courses, uh, any way you want to take them, we have them available. That's great, I have three brokers in my office. All they do is land all day, every day, their entire career. I'm gonna have them talk to you and get involved. Please do. Hi <laughs> right, Aubrey, Tell thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Well, thanks to Aubrey for her leadership at the Land Institute. Well, that concludes our best of interviews from the National Association of Realtors Conference. If you'd like to watch more of these interviews, or if you'd like to share one of the interviews you've heard today, just look for the tab Watch at the show website, CREshow.com. Well, I'd like to thank Gene and Shara and Jacob and everyone at NAR for a great event. Thanks for inviting me to speak as well. That was great fun. And I look forward to next year in Chicago. Look, if you're a commercial realtor, join us in Chicago. You, you will not believe the amount of great information and networking and the good people at NAR. Uh, everyone in leadership is there. It's fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us out there around the country on the radio stations, on iTunes, on Podomatic, on YouTube, wherever you are. Thanks for being with us. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions. Ernst & Morris, the leader in cost segregation. Excelligent, building data everywhere. Apto, your entire brokerage in the cloud. And Get Valuate, online investment analysis. The best thank you? 
a referral to our sponsors. You can find them at CREshow.com.